Sorry about that. So uh, let's go ahead and get announcements out of the way. Um, oh, we, we haven't prayed. Oh, <laughs> let's, let's come together and pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, well, let's, you may be seated. <laughs> Sorry, things are a little mixed up today. Uh, Pastor Brad, uh, he's pe- preaching at jo- uh, Brother Gar- uh, Jonathan Garlock's church, uh, Jr., uh, and uh, Walker's out of town. So the, the reliability of having the youth pastor preach today is what you guys are going to have to suffer through. Um, so uh, excuse me if I, I start talking to you guys and I'm talking to you like your children because that's usually who I'm used to preaching to. Um, but no, we're, I, I have something that Pastor Brad came to me during last week at camp and he told me that I'd be preaching this Sunday and so I have something uh, planned uh, for today, something that I believe is very good um, and it's good either way you like it or not, I think it's good, so that's all that matters. Um, but first, let's go ahead and get announcements out of the way. Uh, Kids Church, uh, Miss, uh, yes, uh, Marianne's having it today. Um, if you can follow, if you want to follow her to Kids Church, um, and then we also, uh, I was told to remind everyone, we have text to give. If you have anything to give, you can on the board back there. We have the information to text to give for offering, or if we have plates as well. If you want to give um, cash, you can just see me in the parking lot and hand it to me. Um, no, you can you can hand it in the offering plate right back there. Um, and then another announcement, uh, Cindy Coyle's birthday celebration is today between 2 and 1 o'clock, and that is going to be at Ebenezer Baptist Church. Noon, yeah, 12 to 1. Is that what I said? Yeah, noon to 1, 12 to 1. Um, is that what noon means? Okay, I, I'm sorry. That, okay, sorry. Okay, so I, I'm sorry. I just questioned everything I've ever been taught in my entire life just then. Um, Okay, so yeah, there's those uh, announcements. Uh, another announcement I'd like to make is we, last week we had our work week over at the school. I'd like to thank everybody here, every family that participated in that. We got a lot done. There's still a lot to do, but I just would like to do a round of applause for those people who came and helped up the church at the school. It was a very great week of uh, throwing things away and painting walls and cleaning bathrooms, and uh, we, we had a fun time. At, yeah, fun's a word for it, I guess. Um, And then I'd also like to make an announcement that tomorrow, the work week continues into a work week in a day, um, where I know, I believe Adam and Nick Mendez volunteered to help start putting up the new swing set for the school. Um, So if there's any men or women wanting to help with that, um, I don't know who they need to meet with for that. Um, But I know that they said they will be up here tomorrow. So I say just come up here tomorrow, and if they're up here, you can help them out with whatever they need help with. Um, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I was just told that. Do you, Do you have any, Pastor Sharon? Okay. So. Okay, nine o'clock. Okay. Thank you, Tiffany. Sorry about that. Okay, the last announcement is youth group on Wednesday at 5 o'clock here at the church. Um, Special announcement about that is one of our youth members is actually going to be preaching this Wednesday, Nikki McCoy. Um, I don't know if you were here last Sunday. She gave a testimony um, that encouraged me to 
Um, well, actually, Oscar Sanchez encouraged me to have a youth kid preach, and then I was like, okay, Oscar, that's a good idea. And then I looked at Nikki and said, you're preaching. Um, so she's, she's very nervous, but also excited about that. So um, that's this coming Wednesday for ages 11-ish to 18-ish. Um, come to the youth group on Wednesday at 5 here at the church. Okay, so that's all the announcements. So that's everything I was nervous about. Um, because, like, this entire last week while I was preparing the sermon, like, I usually get really nervous for sermons, even for Wednesday. But I feel like this sermon is actually going to be really good, and therefore I'm not nervous about it. Um, so, enough patting myself on the back. I'm sorry if I come off that way. Um, but I want to talk about a couple things today. And um, really, like I said, Pastor Brad told me at the beginning of uh, camp when we held a couple weeks ago now, um, he told me I'd be preaching this coming Sunday. And um, so the, throughout the entire week, I kind of took some things that I had learned and I kind of incorporated them into a sermon. Um, but no, uh, not entirely what I have to talk about, but just a couple things. So of the couple things I have to talk about, the first thing is desire, okay? So this is what I mean by that. Throughout the whole week at camp, we had a theme. The theme was thrive. What does it mean to thrive? What does it look like to thrive as a Christian? What does it look like to thrive with Christ? And so the first night of camp... Um, Pastor Bink, or Jonathan Garlock, he came and preached while we were away um, that a few weeks ago. I guess it would have been in, 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 um, in June um, when he preached um, at his camp. The first night he was speaking, and he, he asked the campers, he said, what do you guys think are some things that show, like, help us thrive? Like, what, what are the things that entail, entail um, thriving with Christ? And Nikki McCoy, you know, the GOAT, um, of the youth group here at, at River Church, raised her hand, and she said, desire. So she said, desire. So then she said that, and I was like, well, that's a really good point, because how do we thrive with Christ if we don't have a desire to do so? We can't. Um, so Nikki said desire, and I thought that was really good. And, and the reason I say that is, like I said, unless we commit or have a desire to do, that th- to do something, then we won't do that thing. So that's one thing I'm going to be talking about today. So desire. So we have desires for many things, right? Like me, I have a desire to be, you know, skinnier, right? I'm up here. Some of you may not think I'm too big. Well, then that's your personal opinion. Um, But I have a desire to lose weight, right? So if I have that desire to lose weight, what do I need to do? Well, I need to go on a diet, right? So if I want to go on a diet, I have to wake up every single morning and say, I'm going to eat this and this, but I'm not going to eat this and this. Or I'm going to go work out today, or I'm going to do this or that. You can use it in any aspect of your life. If you have a desire to grow a business, you have to wake up every morning determined to make that business better. If you are a sports athlete and you want to be in the NBA, you have to make, the, you have to make a decision to wake up every morning saying, I'm going to go to practice, I'm going to practice hard, I'm going to dedicate myself to this because I have a desire to do so. The same, it's the same thing for us if we want to be a Christian. We must have a desire to be a Christian, a Christian being a follower of Christ. So if we have a desire to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, we must wake up every morning and we must say, I'm going to be a follower of Christ. The Bible says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That's what Jesus said. <clears throat> we have to wake up every morning and say, I'm not going to follow the things of the world but I am going to follow Christ. And that is a desire we must have if we want to be a Christian. However, it is very hard being a Christian. There's social scrutiny you could deal with. Um, I know in high school, um, a lot of kids who become Christians end up losing, who who convert to Christianity end up losing friends because their friends don't want to be Christians. Um, uh, I know that 
uh, with becoming a Christian, there's a lot of sin that we have to resist or a lot of temptation that we have to push away and say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. Um, and those aren't even the worst things. Like being a Christian, we have to love our neighbor. We have to do all these special things that nobody likes to do. Um, but if we desire to be a Christian, then those are the things we have to do. In order to be a Christian, we must have that desire, that desire to live as Christ lived and to follow the teachings that Christ taught us. <clears throat> so, um, so I kind of talked about desire like last week at youth group, and it was in like my discussion with desire that I kind of came up, or not, I didn't, but Ellie uh, Spiegel, Pastor Bradley's daughter, came up with this uh, phrase. Um, and I, it kind of related to de- the thought of desire. And at youth group, we talked about Zacchaeus. And I talked about Zacchaeus and his desire. And how Zacchaeus, you know, even though he was short, even though he thought that, you know, I can't get to Jesus, he had such a desire to see Christ, just to see him, not to, like, hang out with him or anything like that. It doesn't say that he wanted to be a follower. He just said that he wanted to see him, that he climbed up into a tree to see him. And then Christ saw that desire in Zacchaeus. He saw that desire that Zacchaeus had just to see him, and he invited him down, and he told, me to go, he told him to, to take me to your house, and we would eat a meal together there. <clears throat> and from that, um, we talked about how desire makes you want, if you want to have a desire to be a Christian, you have to do things that maybe you're uncomfortable with, right? Um, and Ellie came up with this term called full send for Jesus. Who, who knows the, the, the catchphrase full send? It's like a kid's thing, so I guess that's part of my youth group, youth pastor thing coming out of me. But anyway, full send for Jesus, right? So if we want to dedicate ourselves, right, to Jesus, and we have a desire to go after Jesus, then we have to fully commit ourselves to it. If you look up the definition of the, of the slang term that kids have been using, full send, it's to 100% commit to something, even if you may end up failing, so as Christians, if we want to have that desire for Christ, if we have a desire to fully send ourselves out for Christ, then we must be willing to put everything on the line, even if things go wrong. We must be willing to put everything on the line for Christ. We must be willing to, um, to do anything we need to do to be a follower of him. And um, I'm going to talk about um, a group of people, or a group, I guess two or more, yeah, so a group of people, who in the Bible showed great desire for Christ, and it kind of goes with that song we sang at the end there, um, Another in the Fire. So if you guys want to turn to your Bibles to Daniel um, chapter 3, and we're going to be reading from verse 14 through 27. And I'm going to scroll there. You guys can flip there. When you have it, say amen. Amen. I heard a couple of amens. Okay, so Daniel chapter 3, verse 14 through, what did I say? 27, there we are. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, that your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue you have set up. 
Nebuchadnezzar was so furious um, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw, throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in fire, in fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was, was um, singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. So I read that story for two reasons to talk about the desire that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had, and also the faithfulness and, that we can put in God. <clears throat> so the desire that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. We see in the story we read that they had really two options. So Nebuchadnezzar was this king. He created this statue, right? And he said, you have to worship this statue, and if you don't worship this statue or my gods, then basically you will be, you will be killed. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego really have two options. Uh, worship the things of this world, or of, of King Nebuchadnezzar, or die. Yet, they looked at these options, and they say to King Nebuchadnezzar, we would rather die, basically. We would rather die than serve your gods. We will never serve your gods. Their faith, their desire, was so strong that they choo chose to die over worshiping or serving anyone else. They went full send for God. They put everything on the line. They knew that there was a chance because they say that they believe that God was going to save them but they knew that there was a chance that they were going to die and they were still willing to do so they were going they were putting their 100% desire in God so what happened next right so they they Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they say this to Nebuchadnezzar he gets so upset he has the guards tie them up the they they make the, the fiery furnace it says seven times hotter than than any fire they had ever had, I guess, in there. I don't know how they measured that back then. And then they, they threw them into the fire, and the officers or, or the, the, the guards or whatever who threw them in died because the fire was so hot. Um, and so that happens, and then what happens next, right? We see that Nebuchadnezzar sees the men, right? He sees them in the fire. But what I think is awesome is that, you know, you read other Bible stories in the Bible, and, like, some miraculous thing happens that makes the, like, the people not die, or, or, or that God saves them from a miraculous thing. We don't see somebody come up with a huge bucket of water and throw it on the fire and say, God sent me. And we, don't see, we don't see a huge rain come, and it doesn't like start pouring, and then the, the fire gets put out. We see God join in them with the fire. Jesus goes into their struggle. Jesus, or God, went into their fire with them and saved them from it. <clears throat> I just think that's awesome. Um, we see God meet them in their fire, in their time of struggle. God came and met them in the fire and saved them. God didn't wait for the fire to be put out. He didn't say, 
uh, say, well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I see that you have a desire for me. You know, once you get out of this situation, come back to me. No, he saw their desire, and he met them in their time of struggle. <clears throat> and in the same way, God will meet us in our struggle. In the same way, if we show that same desire, God saves us from our fire and will not leave us, leave us there to die. I think it's awesome how at the end, when, they're, when they come out of the fire, that none of their clothes are even scorched. They don't even smell of smoke. Because that's the type of healing power that God has on us. Because when we go through a struggle, when we go through something that um, maybe seems unfathomable fathomable, or, or something that we think is, is terrible or we, we, we feel like there will be scars left over from us. No, when God comes in, when God helps you in your struggle, and when you let God fully, when you fully embrace God for who he is, he heals all those scars. He takes away any smoke or any, any, any burns or anything like that. He removes all of that from your life and makes you a new creation through him. Amen. So, desire. If we show God that desire to be with him, like the three men did, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he will meet us in our fire. So the next thing I want to talk about is something I didn't talk about at youth group at all. So I won't talk about youth group again, I promise. Is a big part of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story, but is also something that we see throughout the entire entirety of the Bible and in the entirety of the New Testament and throughout the entirety of Christ's life. And it's our desire, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's desire, right, is worthless without God. So who saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire? It was God. Who saved Daniel from the den of lions and closed the lion's mouth? It was God. These men showed great desire, but if it wasn't for God, everything that they would have done would have been worthless. There is no reason to have a desire for something, right? So, like, I'm going to use sports as an example because I think about sports almost 24-7. Um, if you're in the NBA and you, or, and, and you want to be um, a, a great sports athlete, right, what's the point of the NBA if there's no championship at the end? What's the point of the NFL for Patrick Mahomes if there's no Super Bowl at the end or a ring or anything he gets on his finger? There's no point for anybody in, in sports to have a desire to be better unless there is something to amount to, to or, or a pinnacle. And for Christians, it's to be with God, to have a relationship with God. And for these men, their desire was to serve God and to be with God. So our desires as Christians are to be followers of Christ and to someday be with Christ, but our desire to be with Christ is worthless without the willingness of God to accept us. So another um, passage I want to go to real quick, Matthew 8, 1 through 4. Um, sorry, I have to scroll there real quick. Here we are. Matthew 8, 1 through 4. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached down and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly, the, le the, sorry, instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priests and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses of those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Amen. I'm almost completely done, so you guys are, you guys are lucky today. So we see this man, right? And he has a desire. He comes to God and he says, God, you can heal me. 
God, you can heal me. I know you can heal me. I have a desire to be healed. I have a desire to be a follower of you. So heal me. And what does God do? What does Christ do? He say, oh, man, maybe later. He doesn't go, oh, well, maybe if you do this, this, and this, I'll heal you. Maybe if you, I don't know, start going to church every Sunday. Maybe if you go to youth group every Wednesday night. Maybe if you go to all the Bible studies and all the extra church stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll heal you. No. The man comes to him and says, Lord, I know you can heal me. Heal me. And Christ says, I am willing to heal you, so be healed. I like how God, how Christ in this moment says, I am willing, instead of, yes, I will, I will heal you. Because throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, we see Christ, or God referred to as the I am. The same I am. The, the I am in the beginning that there was, will be also in the end. The I am who was with Moses and spoke to Moses through a, a, a burning bush. The same I am who was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire is the same God that is here today and was here with this man with leprosy and said, I am willing to heal you, so therefore be healed. Amen. We can try and do everything in our power. We can read our Bible every day. We can pray every day. We can go to youth. We can go to Bible study. But the only way we can be saved is through Christ. And that is because God is willing. The I am is willing. So right now... Um, we're, I would like to do what we did, what Brother Walker had us do last week. And if, if you have anything you want uh, to pray about, to come to these altars, and I'm, I'm going to be down there with you guys because, um, like Walker, I, I kind of made a sermon about me as well. Um, and, and just come to these altars, and then we'll take in communion. Isaac.